You're listening to Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Welcome back to another episode of episodes. Welcome back to another episode of Fathoms and Enneagram podcast. I'm here with just Drew today. Um, we've all kind of hit an insanely busy season, so it's just kind of like, where's the 30 minute slot that <laughs> right. at least two of us can get together? <laughs> it's come to that. Yes, it really and has. Um, Abrams on a beach have, somewhere, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. weird how he didn't want to join us. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> what a jerk face, right? Uh, <laughs> He's done. He's done. Uh, he's done episodes in his car and in a coffee shop. Why not in a in a in a beach? Like, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so today's topic is, well, Drew. What is today's topic, and how did this idea come up for you? Oh, so I think one of the questions that I think a lot of people are wondering about the enneagram, but really it's tough to pose the question and it's also tough to know yeah kind of what to do when you encounter this is uh how do you handle the knowledge or the prediction we'll put it either way that you are encountering someone or you know someone who is mistyped yes that is such an awkward like, situation if you have a friend or an acquaintance or a coworker and you know, and we many of us have these people in our lives, and mm -hmm. we're pretty sure they're mistyped. Yeah. How do you handle that? I think early in my Enneagram uh, journey, I did that a lot more. I thought pe more people were mistyped, but it was, again, we can only work off the knowledge that we have. Right. So, first, step one is be humble. Right. And realize oh, it's good you, for many things, not just mistyping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would advise to uh, be humble. That's a yeah. great, great thing. So be humble that you may not see everything in their life. Right. Um, be humble that uh, you may not know, you don't know what you don't know about certain types, especially early in my Enneagram journey. Like I was working off of one school and, and in a very limited perspective of what a type could be. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the further I learn, the more I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. Like there's yeah. there's so many intricacies that it's really hard to know. So uh, that would be my advice first. Um, yeah. But then, obviously, the more you learn, you also start getting a sense for what someone's type is, yeah. or at least the quote unquote energy that they bring to the table or sure. put out. And what's what's been helpful, especially as we've learned more about how Mario Sakura approaches his the system, is starting with the instincts, and that can really be helpful. You're only working with three at that point, sure. And and then once you can kind of get an idea of that instinct, it can help shed light on the type a little bit more clearly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's wise. Humility goes a long way, especially mm -hmm. in our present, you know, kind of cultural moment or moments, because I think it's, you know, we, I think we vacillate in the, in the Enneagram community, we vacillate between saying, Hey, you need to own and discover your own type. And then, mm -hmm. um, we, so we vacillate between that and no, I know a lot about the Enneagram and I am convinced that you don't know what your type is. <laughs> right. Right. And, and um, 
and I don't know how to reconcile that because I think uh, there's elements of truth in both, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that, that at some level, only we can truly know ourselves. At the same time, discovering our type is a bit like uh, a fish describing water. You know, it's right. it's really hard to create enough distance to be objective about oneself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do think that there are experts in this community who can help shed light on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So reconciling those two things is really tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. And so I, I don't think um, we're going to reconcile that in, in this little brief mm-hmm. episode. But yeah. I do think if we err on the side of humility or, you know. Humility and curiosity. And curiosity, I think that goes a, a lot further than just saying you're mistyped or mm-hmm. so-and-so is mistyped, Right. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think that really serves or helps anyone. Um, I think at at best it makes you look kind of like a jerk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so uh, I think humility goes a long way. I think there is a way to approach that. I mean, we. It's not a dogmatic never right tell anyone right. There, there's a time and a place, but I think as long again as long as you're approaching it humility. With humility and curiosity, yes. and and just holding it very loosely, is be like these facts and my observations about mm-hmm. this person seem to indicate a different pattern of direction. Yes, and but again, not limiting that person to the type, I and mean, we're back to that again, right? Um, because they are a full human that happens to have like this particular pattern, right? Right. Yeah, and and so I think your comments about the instincts can be really helpful, right? Mm-hmm. If if we have questions about the type, maybe we can okay, let's consider this person at the level of the three kind of instinctual biases and see mm-hmm. how that how that helps us either uh, internally reconcile what we're observing about the other person, or at least gives us another lens, perhaps through which to right. consider who they are, right? In, right. in terms of what you're, what feedback you're getting from them, right? right? Yeah. So, so there's the kind of judging from afar, right? Yeah. Um, there's. So I'm just I'm trying to look on the other side of this. If like it's dangerous to do that, and we we've talked about that multiple times, but there but there's also a way in which being observative and compassionate about the person you're interacting with is really helpful. If you think someone is this number, yeah, you're going to read their uh, their actions completely different than if they are the number that they say they are. Right? Sure. Yes. Like if a 2 if if an 8 is being really touchy, it's going to come across so different than a 2 being touchy. Right, right. Right? Yeah. I think it's a good reminder to always use the knowledge of the Enneagram that we have, but also be willing not to hold it to the level of certainty that gets us mm-hmm. into trouble. Right? Yeah, I think it's everything. really helpful. <laughs> like the knowing about the Enneagram has been so helpful in my mm-hmm. interactions with others and my ability to observe and engage others without a doubt, full stop. Sure. At the same time, I think, yeah, I, I think we need to, hold some of that a, a bit loosely, you know, um, mm-hmm. have, I, I think I talk with my students about having a posture of what I call learned uncertainty, you know, which is really getting at that curiosity. Like we don't chuck our education out, right? We don't chuck the knowledge that we've attained just out, out the door. 
but we, you know, kind of bring it with us uh, with humility and curiosity in a way that helps us, uh, you know, say maybe this is helping me evaluate these this situation. And if it's not, then there are other things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, this also makes me think of the trope of like, don't type your kids. Yeah. Um, which again, both sides of this, you can observe certain patterns and use that as data points mm-hmm. to interact with them, to know how to work with them. But to even know when to teach the Enneagram to them is uh, when, when have you talked to your kids at all about the Enneagram? Oh, uh, somewhat. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I spend so much time on it and, you know, writing a book and teaching and podcasting and all these things. So it inevitably comes up. I think, um, uh, there are a few things, few dynamics at play though, when it comes to my kids, one, it's kind of part of dad's work. <laughs> so therefore, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just something dad does, you know, um, two, I, I have resisted when they say, okay, so what's my type? Mm, right? mm-hmm. I resist making a definitive stance on that. Right. Uh, because what I don't want to do, you know, kids' brains are not nearly as complex as adult brains, right? So the ability to kind of hold nuance and complexity, which is a conversation that we're having saying we need to hold nuance and complexity when engaging other adults, right? It's even more difficult for kids. Right. And I don't want to um, reduce them to a number, right, mm-hmm. in their minds or in mine. So, so no, I don't. Uh, I don't really engage that with my kids. And I have teenagers and single-digit age kids. You know? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I'm willing to engage it a little bit more with my oldest teenager, but I still uh, have never had that conversation. You are this type, yeah. right? Even though I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> sure. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I also know too, I was in some ways uh, the same person when I was 16, mm. which is the age of my oldest son. And in many ways I'm a different person. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to be constrained by a simplistic understanding of a, a type that I get from someone else. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And the Enneagram teaches awareness of patterns and you can do right. that without the Enneagram. You can do it without the Enneagram, right? And yeah. I think the ability to reflect and observe oneself is a, is a necessary and important skill set mm-hmm. that I think the Enneagram it can be really helpful with, but it's not bound to the Enneagram, right? Right. So we can cultivate self-awareness without the Enneagram. Yeah. Now, obviously, I, we, you and I both think it's it's a really helpful way to cultivate self awareness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it ha- it's the only way. And so, mm-hmm. I think that's important for us to know, right? So, even if we are encounter someone who we we're sure is mistyped, right, that doesn't mean that they are completely that they completely lack self awareness. Right, it might, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means okay, they they don't quite understand how the Enneagram system fits with what they know about themselves yet, right? right? Well, I mean, famous example, Russ Hudson thought he was a four for the longest time. I mean, I don't think anyone would say that he has some good work and self-awareness. No kidding, right? And then he met Creek and realized, I I could live up to that standard of being a four, (laughs) probably a five. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And he's been really open about that, that um, this is... A you know, man who has written some of the mm. foundational modern texts of the Enneagram, hey. co-written them, and uh, highly regarded mm-hmm. international speaker on it, and yeah. 
uh, realized he was mistyped for quite a while. Right. <laughs> right. Even uh, we had we had we had Nian Vong on the uh, yeah. first season, and she's actually changed her type as well. You know, we ought to have her back on to talk about yeah, that sometime. Actually, that's a really good idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I just yeah. that just speaks so highly of her character. I think. Yeah. That's a really that's a tough thing personally, but then to be in the public eye and do it, that's that's wow. Sure. That's, that's brave. Um, but all the more reason, so you can see though, this proves the point that mm -hmm. if, and not that I was ever in this position or had this understanding of Russ or Nian, but mm -hmm. if I knew them well enough to say, to think, to think, okay, you're mistyped, <laughs> mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't have been helpful for me to go up and say, Hey, I think you're mistyped. Right. Unless yeah. I was a really close friend of theirs in which that was, you know, within definitely within kind of the boundaries of the relationship to have those conversations, mm -hmm. how much better has it been probably for them to come to come to that conclusion in the ways in which they did right without having someone saying you're mistyped, you're mistyped. Right. I mean, our, our type is tied so closely to our identity. It is sure. a bit of a, I mean, it's a bit of an ego death. If, yeah. if you have to change our type or whatever, it, we, we hold it too closely, which is a problem. Yeah. But, at what point in your life did someone come up and tell you all the things that you're doing wrong and you'd be like, oh, thank you for saying that. That right. was really helpful. And I will immediately change. <laughs> like, it. <laughs> What else do you have for me? Yeah. <laughs> it can cause an existential crisis in exactly. my life that I will thank um, you for, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess with that being said, kind of coming back to the original thing, in a situation where maybe... I know all three of us are really hesitant to jump into Enneagram conversations when they're happening. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to Ironic, be the, right? Well, actually, guy. <laughs> um, you just yeah. kind of a... Don't want to be the mansplainer in the room, right? Exactly. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in the situation where you, you're pretty confident someone is mistyped and you have permission to speak, how do you, how do you go about... Yeah, questions and all that other stuff. Well, I think what you said is asking questions. That's far yeah. better, right? Yeah. Uh, of curiosity, not passive aggression. I think that's pretty important. Right? Um, not trying and, to get and sometimes to tough, right? Uh, but having curiosity, it's okay. How did you come to that conclusion? Right? Like, mm -hmm. what was your journey of coming to that conclusion that you are this dominant type? And hear yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. What resources did you? look to, to help you kind of come to that type. What teachers, because, and this also should give us compassion because I, I'm convinced that one of the uh, pitfalls of the popularity of the Enneagram right now is that there's a lot of bad information out there, mm -hmm. which has probably led to quite a bit of mistyping, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it's not that people, you know, maybe you encounter someone who's like, oh, I want to be that type. Therefore, I'm just going to identify as that that type, right? right. But more often than not, I think they just got some bad information mm. from someone else that they trusted. Or it's good information, but read wrong. Yeah, that could be too, for sure. Because like, language is so limited that right. when someone sees like, oh, like sixes are anxious. I'm anxious. I must be a six when yeah. it's not really saying that at all. Yeah. And then I, um, I think, uh, so having good, curious, open-ended questions, that's a good way to start. And then I think if you feel that it's an appropriate time and place and relationship to offer <laughs> some mm -hmm. observation, 
ask permission, right? That's always a good thing to do. Consent, can, people, consent. Yeah, can <laughs> can I share with you a few things that I've observed or wondered, you mm-hmm. know, from what I'm hearing or what I've seen in, of you? Yeah. And if and most of the time they'll say yes, and they'll be far more receptive than if you just say, well, here's what I've noticed about you. Right. And, and how you're wrong, right? <laughs> and I think... Or if they give kind of bad information or they're misreading good information, like you said, mm-hmm. I think that you can also offer, hey, I think you'd be interested in this particular resource mm-hmm. or in this book or this podcast or this teacher's take on yeah. that type. And just also kind of stoke their curiosity mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that they aren't you know, kind of set in their simplistic ways about this particular type, mm-hmm. right? And the old comedy thing of yes and. When I when I am talking to anyone, whether it's about Enneagram or or other deep topics that are really close to someone's identity, what I've found to do is first, if I disagree with what they're saying, first let me find the thing that is true within that thing. And then step on sure. that and then pull a yeah. little bit further. Right. Right. Um, like, yes. And this is how it's true for me. Right. And then this is why this section and this section doesn't work for me. Right. Because of this, 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 and this. Yeah. And so we're, we're talking about the idea instead of attacking the person for having the idea. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And I think that's important. If, if the Enneagram or this conversation about the Enneagram is kind of a gem, we can kind of both hold it and turn it <laughs> together mm-hmm. as opposed to, yeah, feeling like, you know, like someone's getting attacked because they may have, you know, people don't think that they're that type or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, now, there's one more thing we should say. And that is, now, if you encounter someone, and you will, if you're going to talk about the interview, it's like, uh, I'm a 10, then you can <laughs> mock them. <laughs> that is, that, is that joke is old and played out, so... <laughs> <laughs> all, oh, no. all those all everything we just talked about is off the table yeah, off the that. table no curiosity <laughs> no humility just slam them in the dirt <laughs> uh i would love to hear for if we've had listeners who have encountered this or you know and navigated this question i'd love mm-hmm. to hear their stories so when we post about this on instagram let us know in the comments yeah. i think that and i think that could be a way for others to see okay how do we navigate this uh, kind of complex issue of mm-hmm. typing. Mm-hmm. And when we think we know people and their self-knowledge seems to be expressed differently than what we're observing about them, that's a tough place to be. So how yeah. do we navigate that? But Yeah. So humility, curiosity, and I want to add one more time. Okay. Time. Yes. Because if I don't have time to get into it, people want me to, please type in the next 10 minutes. Type sure, me. What sure. am I typing? I'm like, I need about, I don't know, six months of observation <laughs> before I can right. actually. Yeah. And I think that goes, the same goes for time related to if we're sure our friend is mistyped, giving mm. them time to come to that. Yes. Conclusion. And as we keep... engage with curiosity and humility mm-hmm. is going to be much better than consent. Yeah. Right. So many good words. All right. uh, Until next week, y'all. Keep sending in the speak pipe questions, Instagram DMs, all the things. We're going to try to be in person 
for this Q&A. We'll see if that actually happens. But that always creates a really great dynamic. Uh, yes. So this, Way more fun to be in person. Yes. So. Hopefully this will be the best Q&A episode yet. See you, friends. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time.